Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. On today's episode of Glue Guys, a special Hanukkah Christmas holiday wow. episode. Your nets are back, Brian. Your nets. Let's get They're into back. it. They're back. Why even? Just get into it. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. NetsDaily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself by the paywall. TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. A subsidiary of the New York Times company. Brian. Michael, we're hopped up. The Nets are back. Mm. We're hopped up on good vibes mm. and Christmas spirit and eggnog and Hanukkah spirit. Hey, like Dem Apples, All NBA. All the spirits. Um, How do you like them apples, NBA? Really stomped a mud hole in uh, the Warriors' B team last night. I don't want to hear <laughs> about, oh, Steph Curry was hurt and Clay Thompson was out and Wiggins was out. You know what, Brian? I was. I have a take. I have a take for you, Bri. Oh. I don't know if the, the Nets deserve karma, but okay. you know who does deserve karma? Like in a good way. The Dalai Lama. The the net fandom, the fan base, oh, the Nets okay. fans, because a little shine for us. We have lived in the perpetual loop of a disgusting injury report after injury report. Mm. Kyrie plays, Kevin Durant plays, Kevin Durant plays, Kyrie doesn't play. James Harden is traded for. Then he has the most long extending hamstring injury in the history of of humankind. Frankly, mm. um, you know they dug up a bunch of fossils in a spot in Nevada. Okay. Where they found these gigantic whale-like prehistoric, you know, creatures. Yeah, and their hamstrings were even stronger than James Harden's was when he was a Brooklyn Net. I mean, prehistory Um, has a lot of good hamstrings. A lot of good hamstrings. (laughs) Yeah, that that's actually what a lot of people don't know. That's the reason why all the dinosaurs died because they were just kicking each other (laughs) with their super hamstrings. Nice, nice. Um, And you know, last night, an amazing game. I mean. 91 points it is 91 to 51 in the first half to that point it is funny that you bring that up on the day or the day after the night where uh Kyrie got a dnp for a strained calf that is an interesting um yeah and god god damn we (laughs) we were we were on the verge of having a a fully clean injury that was a dnp nobody cares about this game are you sure um no i'm not sure i yeah, that's the thing. I don't know for sure, but I hope that's the case. I, I heard it was. I hope it was like a hey, let's give Kyrie a quick little little resty rest. Even though Kevin Durant, shouldn't he be the guy getting the quick little resty rest that's right the here? Difference, you know, he's the sacrificial lamb of of this team. He, it's always on his his non supple shoulders. Those are, um, those are not supple shoulders. Those are. But goddamn, I know that that. <laughs> Ty Jerome and Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Anthony Lamb, um, who played at Vermont, uh, a catamount, uh, got a lot of minutes. Uh, Kaminga was having to guard KD for bulks of this game. Draymond shot the ball twice, which is just in a game when the when the Warriors are sucking. It does. It, I don't want to get into Draymond's legacy, but it, it, it's a little bit of a, le- Did a you legacy see hit. He was kind of chirping at Kevin Durant too. They're down like 45 or something. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like, really? Wow. It just doesn't, he's got one setting. Impressive. It was this. I don't know. I don't know how to take this yet. I mean, you know, I had a phone call with Alex Schiffer yeah. uh, of the athletic, a oh. friendly phone call. Okay. Everything. Okay. And everyone's just trying to assess what this team is. And I think that's the big question surrounding this team. We talked about it last episode. Have have you opened up your heart enough to trust to have not title expectations, 
potato possibilities, competition possibilities. Yeah. We have two very big games coming up on the schedule. The Milwaukee huge. Bucks. Huge. The the flagrant injury seeking Milwaukee Bucks ver- and then the Cavaliers. Yeah. And actually, if I'm Jacques Vaughn, I sit all my players against the Bucks because I don't want Giannis to stick his foot underneath any of our favorite Brooklyn Nets right now because the team is so hot. Mm-hmm. Let Patty Mills and Markeith Morris get out there and get their burn. Um, I don't know where to place this team, but goddamn, was last night. It was it, it? It felt it felt like the moments that this team has had. Thinking back to like there was that time when Kyrie, Katie, and James Harden all played together, and they had like just an electric offense, one of the greatest in the history of the NBA for the brief time that they played together. Mm-hmm. It felt like it felt like everything was possible. Yeah, it was like when I saw Avatar two. On Monday night, Mike, you'll be happy to know. Big Jim. I'm going your in. Your boy. I'm going in. You're doing it? I'm doing it. I'm going tonight. I, I, I took. You're going to. You, you called. Mike called me um, at 11 a.m. the day after and was like, that was the best experience of my life and you have to go. And as a good friend, I wanted to I wanted to meet him halfway. And that's really. That's what I'm here for. I. I, I don't want to go too far down the Avatar deep end. I know that, like, who, who am I to stump for a movie that costs $400 million to make and needs to make $2 billion at the box office to break even or whatever the, the cost factoring is? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But maybe it's more than $400 million. Okay. And also there's the marketing budget and all that stuff. So it's, um, we're doing $1.6 billion in marketing? I don't yeah, know. I haven't yeah, seen I that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. You haven't seen it? Yeah, They've done maybe. a lot of Twitter ads. Oh, yeah. okay. And since Elon's come in, the Twitter Makes prices sense. have gone up. Um <laughs> It's extraordinary. Extraordinary. Mm-hmm. The movie's ridiculous. And you got to go in not caring about, like, just don't think about the plot. Just just really, just let just the really 3D wash over your eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Take something. Turn off the brain. Take some psychedelics. And Okay. I'm, I'm with it. Speaking of psychedelic, your Brooklyn Nets. Mm. Um, it's, we are on the verge of, of a Nets-assance like, like we haven't seen. And we're starting to hear it a little bit from the players. Like Kevin Durant is going a little bit further. He talked to Vince Goodwill of Yahoo Sports, and he had he had had a lot of good stuff to say to Vince, who's one of the best in the biz. Um, he says, "I get that other people don't. This is KD talking. I get that other people don't look at our roster as a championship roster, but when we get wins the way we get wins, you got to pay attention to that. And this was before the Warriors game mm-hmm. when Kai and Ben didn't play. We beat teams by nearly forty points." which I think is the Wizards game. That would have been the only game that would have applied to. Yeah. Any other team, it's hold on. What are they doing over there? They take us for granted, me and Kai especially. Mm. we got to jump through a hula hoop of fire <laughs> to be impressed. Yeah. Where did that come? Yeah. Was he watching his Looney Tunes before he had that interview? Yeah. Um, a hula hoop of fire. Do you agree with Kevin? Um, <clears throat> the, the world hates the Brooklyn Nets, right? Nets world versus the entire world. It's interesting because like... You know, there, and we've talked about this persecution complex and kind of being fueled by spite. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I think it's, um, I'm not opposed to finding your, your um, whiteboard material in people being generally like unimpressed. And I guess I think we can probably say like the general temperament of people that are uh, like, even in this, this week's athletic power rankings, they had nets at seventh, even though we're in, on the longest winning streak in, in NBA history. Just kidding. Um, but that we're playing really well and we're, you know, it's fine. It's supposed to be a weekly power ranking without, well, you know, much bias week to week, or maybe that's not true, but um, I would say that right now we're playing, we're getting the most wins at least. We haven't beaten the best competition, you know, qualifiers everywhere. Um, so I think if you're looking for it, you can find that kind of thing. And Kyrie and KD in particular, like to be fueled by a certain kind of um, revenge story that they have in their head. Um, and I'm fine. I'm here for it. You know, like if that's what you need, yes. if that's what it takes, go for it. Because like, you know, unfortunately the Q rating is it's gone. We're not going to get it back. Lean into the dark side. It's, it's whatever you got to do to get those dubs. I'm here for it. And so if we're going to be you, bad guys, go be bad guys. I don't care. Have you seen the play wicked? I have, have seen not it? seen wicked. Mike. Well, after you see avatar, I want you to go to Broadway. <laughs> I actually think wicked's closed on Broadway, <laughs> but it, it's the origin story of the, uh, the witches from wizard of Oz. And uh, okay. it's, it tells you how one becomes a villain. Mm. The Wicked Witch of the West is, is she was actually very nice at one point. I see. Yeah. Um, there's a unique thing happening, Brian. Unique. Okay. We, we talk about the villain idea that the NBA, that the Nets are jumping through a hula hoop of fire. Yeah. Um, which again, 
fantastic lineup of words by Kevin Durant, fellow podcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of like idea, this like bunker mentality, us against the world, everyone hates us. Literally, Kevin Durant is saying no one appreciates us, even though pretty much everyone appreciates Kevin Durant. It's it's more Kyrie Irving that there's the complicated feelings of uh, for various. I, I think people like. To, to his point, they give oh, him like okay. a a hey, you're playing really good basketball, but but generally speaking, I think like anyone who's not a Nets fan or a KD stan kind of doesn't like Kevin Durant just by virtue of cupcake and snake and all this stuff, you know, just old news. Know, it's it's always been weird to me that they don't like Kevin Durant. I mean, I, I I know the move to the Warriors was this thing that completely changed the perception around him. Yeah. I don't know. He's just never really gotten it back. Like LeBron went to Miami. He had the decision. Everyone hated LeBron. And then, you know, they lost to the Mavericks. And they were sort of losing to the Mavericks was the best thing that ever happened to LeBron. Because then it became he not a sympathetic figure, but at least it wasn't easy. Well, right. The redemption arc is that he went back home. Right. That's the yeah. that's where they're de- like, if if Katie goes I'm back to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, then you have your redemption arc. And it's and it's bought for and paid for and it's, and it's ready to go it's all packaged up in a, in a beautiful um <laughs> box but now that he's gone to a no, random honestly, team in brooklyn if he went back to the thunder they'd be like oh they're, he's just taking advantage oh, not of the now fact i'm saying have, after they have shay chet and <laughs> no, victor no, no. one Bayama. i'm not saying now i'm saying back when he made the decision to go to the brooklyn nets if he had done that for oklahoma if the thunder offered up uh chet and victor one for kd what do you say Dude, I've been watching some Victor, some Victor clips. I'm not gonna even with Miyama. Um, wow, it is like it's like basically he's like seven three and plays like J.R. Smith on his best day every every night. It's <laughs> it's crazy to watch. I, I love that. That would be great. Like the, I always think the Ringer and their draft profiles do an amazing job for making comparables mm-hmm. and like Alien J.R. Smith. Yeah, mm, mm-hmm. Chef's kiss on that. I I do I do. You know, the reason why I bring these quotes up from the Vince Goodwill uh, article is, again, I think it's I think it's important to understand what's happening here. When the Nets went through the turbulent few weeks slash entire month of Steve Nash not being very good as a coach to start the season, Kyrie promoting anti-Semitic material, uh, them firing Steve Nash, them suspending Kyrie. And all that happening, and Jock Vaughn, and and while they had Jock Vaughn, they were like, we actually want Ime Odoka, who yeah. has his own stuff that is fully unresolved. It feels like um, there was. I was there, you know, because I'm a. I got my boots on the ground okay. with this team. I was there in D.C. Get your cowboy uh, boots watching on my the beloved Wizards against the Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> and um, and the Nets completely destroyed the Wizards. And after that game, it was. A lot of conversation from Jock Vaughn and other players on the team were about, you know, what we can control is us playing well on the floor. That's the only thing we can control because all the other stuff we can't. Even though, like, I would argue, like, you know, Kyrie could control him not uh, posting that material. Um, and by the way, I have to apologize to the handful of Twitter followers who, after the <laughs> Warriors game, I tweeted out. <laughs> you really <laughs> you can't help coming. yourself. Yeah. Are the Nets better without Kyrie? And there were people who were like, clown, to, no. To your like, credit, though, joke. you're getting there eventually because there are people now that are responding like, hey, like, you, you know that this is not going to go over well. This troll is, <laughs> is too close to this win. And uh, it's not, so at least there's like some minority of your Twitter audience. My, I'm calling it your Twitter audience to create distance for myself. Um, yeah. that, that understands you. That, that really, truly gets you. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate everyone hanging in there with me while I just face the, the onslaught that. of people calling me a clown <laughs> and be like, well, you know, it's a joke. It makes it funny. Like they don't um, get it. They're never going to get it. There's something powerful happening. Last night, obviously, the Nets are not going to score 143 points every game. Mm-hmm. Do you think they will? Actually? I just like how you started that sentence with, there's something powerful happening. <laughs> there's something. It was, almost, it, was, it was presidential, almost. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we will not go quietly into the <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah. We will fight on. We will survive. Yeah. This is our Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Because um, <laughs> last night it was everyone's best game besides Cam Thomas. Um 
Cam, Th- Cam Thomas, uh, even in a game where there's 143 points to be scored, he only scores uh, five. And I felt bad for him because, you know, who wants to score more than Cam in this type of game? Mm-hmm. But Royce O'Neal's hitting shots. Joe Harris is hitting had, shots. Nick wait, Clarkson is doing what he's doing. He had a beautiful yeah. backdoor pass to, I think, Edmund Sumner for, for a fat ES dunk. I thought it was pretty deft of Cam uh, to not just fire up shots in yeah. the limited time that he had. Yeah, that would be because too. That, that, he's he's zigging a little bit to the zag of the brand, you know. Yeah, I hope I hope it's seeing something. I mean, it, I wonder what he like. Edmund Sumner got sixteen points. Patty Mills, you know, Patty Mills. The, he's an interesting case. So I'm not going to really talk trades on this episode. There's going to be a little trade talk in our news around the league segment. Oh. Patty Mills is a name where, like, if you look at the Nets hoop type salaries and you say, oh, he's six, making $6 million a year, he doesn't play, what a great salary to throw into any trade. I'm not saying he's untouchable, but he feels kind of essential to this team. Just because of his attitude, he's an insurance policy for the fact if they do trade. So the name I think that they're going to trade is Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can get into that why yeah. in a minute. But he's, like, a good insurance policy to have. And in the game, when the when the tide was turning in the fourth quarter, when it became an eighteen point game, him and Markeith Morris basically were just like yeah, just shut F down. That. We are yeah. gonna just fire threes. Well, this is not gonna get exciting. I promise you. I was really kind of pleased. Yeah. Well, I mean, worried and then immediately you were pleased. pleased I was by, yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So let's do this. We have we have a bunch of stuff coming up. So let's yeah. take a quick break. Coming out of break, we'll do news around the league. I will unveil my Seth Curry thoughts within the news around the league. And then we also have killer comparisons at the end. Christmas edition. So this is going to be kind of like a fast paced um, CNBC version of the glue guy. Say no more. Let's get there. And we're back. Brian. Yeah. Hit me. It's the news. Yeah, I know. I'll take, I'll take. All right. News around the league here. Um, so excited uh, to news around league was a long running segment when we actually had time to build it, mm. and I I had thirty minutes to build it before the show. So this is what we're doing. Let's go. Trade news for you, Brian. Okay. A couple of names that are being floated out there. This is we are past the December fifteenth deadline when new players who <laughs> sign with teams uh, they are now eligible to be traded. Talk to me. Um, there's another deadline coming up on January fifteenth, which is a lot of guys who signed extensions with their teams mm-hmm. will maybe be able, eligible to be traded. Um, John Collins is back in the news. Mark Stein says several teams have been mentioned. Again, Utah Nets, Washington, Indiana. Uh, But the desire of both team and player to move on from each other is proceeding slowly. This also comes as Chris Haynes from Bleacher Report reports Trey getting old that NBA executives around the league believe Trey Young will be the next megastar to Mm. request a trade out of Atlanta. Certainly been percolating over there, hasn't it? And DeMar may be deleaving mm. Chicago. Chris Haynes, again, Chicago Bulls are dealing with some dysfunction. <clears throat> Pertains to team chemistry and accountability. Um, it could lead for DeMar DeRozan to request a trade to be moved in the offseason. Um, I'm going to separate Trey Young out of this because it's just kind of unrealistic um, to think that he would be in Brooklyn. But of John Collins, Vucevic, Caruso, DeRozan, and Zach Levine is another name. Is there anything that of those guys are there? Is there any like real interest? So like Vucevic interests me on some level. If it's like, so I'm trying to think of the perfect kind of trade for Vooch for Vucci to come over on this side. He makes about twenty two million dollars a year, so it would have to be Joe Harris. You get, and I'm not. I'm not really like. Here's my thing about center position. We've talked about this many times. I'm not giving up a lot for a center that I don't think really makes this massive defensive impact. Yeah, like. I like Claxton enough. Like he, the guy's going to be potentially all NBA second team if there is a second team. I don't even know if there is, but yeah, I don't. I, I don't mean, really. I'm not thrilled by the 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 center market. Like I would take a cheap center, maybe, but yeah. not even. I, I don't know. And all I mean, these are kind of like tectonic trades, right? Like if you get Vooch or any of these guys, not Alex Caruso, but any of the other guys. Um, which maybe I mean I could you could tell me with Alex Caruso I guess I don't know I, mean, I like his I think it, like if you look up Caruso's stats I think he's only like shooting the ball like twice a game yeah basically. I mean that's he just there to get steals and that's that's his thing he he scores five points a game three and a half assists it's like the thing is if you stack him on a lineup with 
Claxton and Ben Simmons. Well, yeah, that's you not just, where you that's not where you stack them up. You don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, Who again, this is, we, yeah, he might not even get, it's not even <laughs> potentially not even a rotation player on, on this team, how deep we are, Mike. Um, the best team in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause yeah, when I think about, I mean, like who would I, I don't want a tectonic shift with any of those players. Um, the tectonic shifts are DeRozan and Levine, I think. Yeah. Those, which if we're talking about that, I, I mean, I think Kuzma is a, at that better kind of more obvious third tier or, or second tier star, third best player. Um, and I think he. You know, I don't know. He can make arguments that he plays a little bit more two-way and just, you know, gets more rebounding, all those little things, whatever. Um, DeMar and, and Levine are just like high-volume scorers, a thing that we certainly don't need in a world where Kyrie and KD are playing together. Um, so, Levine could be interesting to me. Like, so how do you make Levine work? You have to basically trade Seth Curry and – like, so the thing is, like, you'd have to trade all of your draft picks again to get Zach Levine. I just think it's worth thinking about because – as we talked about on our last episode, mm. the Nets have the two stars at the top, and then they have this collection of like above average to average starters, which is a great thing to have. But it's like Royce, Joe Harris, I think Seth Curry still is on there. Ben Simmons is there on that tier on some level. Nick Claxton is certainly he's a top 10 center in the NBA, one of the best defensive switchable centers in the NBA. Yeah. But they don't have like however you rank Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday within the tier of the Bucks. They don't have that guy sort of like who's like just below all star or just is an all star mm-hmm. who, depending on how good the team is, like that's where they rank in the all star situation. Then it's basically just have two guys who are incredible and then a lot of good yeah. players. And I still think with the championship, like if we're going to talk about championship roster, I, I do think this seems lacking that third just dude who's like pretty good it should be ben simmons but right now it's not ben simmons do you know what i mean yeah i mean you see what i'm saying though like the the it's fine to have that third star person or whatever but like ideally it wouldn't be just yet another 25 point per game guy just like i don't know i mean you know they do like 25 5 and 5 i'm assuming each of them Uh, i haven't looked at their numbers but um so but like that's a version of a player that we have. I if if Ben Simmons could get to the penultimate Ben Simmons, you know, Megatron that we're looking for him to be, that's probably ideal. Um, so maybe just hang in there a little bit longer and see if that yeah, pans out. I think it's a yeah. hang in situation. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say about and why I haven't gone crazy on trades is just because like I heard Kustak talk about this on Zach Lowe's show. No big deal. Friend of friend of both of them are friends of our show. Okay. Zach Lowe, not so not Zach. as much. <laughs> He follows us on Twitter, so you know I'll take the, I'll take the win nice. on that front. Um, I'm friends with everyone who follows us on Twitter. That's how I view it. Mm. The you know this team has so lacked consistency for so long, and who would have thought that this team would be this good right now? Like I, I some of it's little fools goldie because they've played a bunch of teams who have guys out, but you don't apologize for no, wins, Brian. They never apologize to us. I didn't get any apologies. For yeah. All those years. So don't don't I'm I'm refusing to apologize for whatever they're asking us to apologize for. Um, the Nets are twenty and twelve. They're fourth in the East. They are w- with an amazing Friday, amazing game against the Bucks and the Cavs. An opportunity that's to play the Hawks and all. Like they obviously have an amazing opportunity in front of them. This is about to be news around the league, but the top of the East is wobbling mm, a little bit. They are. Um, I would I would value consistency over making like a pretty big move. The only thing I wonder is that like is Ben Simmons as ingrained on the team for like if you trade him? Are people really breaking out the tiny violins for the fact that Ben's not on the team anymore? I don't know. You know, I I don't know that. I don't know how ingrained he is. <laughs> He's. I don't think anyone's breaking out the violins yet. I do think there would be might, no some violence? some lamenting because I do I do still think that there's a potential that he that he becomes good again. And I, I don't know. What? I don't know that it's like a potentiality. <laughs> what is that? What word did you just say? Did, did I say that? I don't know. Um, there's a, yeah. there's some potential that he uh, yeah. like reaches that Zenith that we're looking for. Um, but yeah. And so that, for that reason alone, if we did like, I don't know, a short-sighted trade like that, not short-sighted. I mean like for DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, I don't know. I just, they're just no quantities. And um, I don't think they, um, solve the problems that that are kind of happening for us, which is slightly in the you know fringes of the utility zones. So I mean, I actually think that increasingly, even if Ben Simmons doesn't score much, you know, him being just an elite defender and 
being a connective tissue between our best players. If he could just lean into that, it's not, it's not that it doesn't need a huge role, you know, it doesn't need yeah. to be huge. There, there, there is, I just, there's that like distinct sort of, um, oh my God, Jeannie Buss is engaged to Jay Moore. Crazy. Did you know that? No. Great for them. Happy for them. Um, it's very interesting. Um, anyways, anyways, sorry. Wow, <laughs> you're like, like really you're threw moved. me for a loop. Oh my god, you're like, that you really seem, threw me for a loop. You seem like a totally different person now. You seem changed. I'm happy for both sides. <laughs> wow. Okay, very happy I'm for both trying sides. to read your reaction. Um, then because if you drew up a perfect third player like you're talking about, like to me, like Marcus Smart is always the perfect kind of third guy on a team with like two really good scores because he does all the defense stuff. Like Ben Simmons is a better player than Marcus smart in a, in a bubble, but on the court, it hasn't happened in a long, long time. Yeah. And like Marcus smarts, like irrepressible confidence is what makes him so good. Where if Ben Simmons had the irrepressible confidence that Marcus smart had, he would be, we would all be fine. So be, I think we all agree. Let's probably not trade anybody for any big players. Yeah. No. Let me tell you this. Okay, I don't know if you've been monitoring the top of the Eastern Conference, but your Boston Celtics, okay, they have lost five of the last six games, and the only game that they won within that stretch is an overtime thriller against mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Lakers. They've they went on a really long road trip that included a loss at Golden State at the Clippers. They had that win against the the Lakers on a back to back in overtime. But then they lost two straight to Orlando and now have just lost to the Indiana Pacers. So the once te- the team that looked mostly impossible to beat is wobbling. Mm. The Milwaukee Bucks <clears throat> nearly got blown out by the Cleveland Cavaliers last night, and they've lost some games too. They lost to Houston. They lost to Memphis recently. They've also won some games, but the, the, you know they are not as indestructible as we maybe have seen. My question to you, Brian. We're going to get a lot of information yeah. in this Bucks game coming up. A lot. <coughs> get it Do out. you think the, – I know, sorry. <laughs> is – is you haven't obviously watched the Celtics play lately and the Bucks. I Have I watched them? I mean, I've seen highlights and stuff. But highlights. Yeah. Are, what I want to say to you is that I don't think it's impossible to see a world where the Nets are considered – not the Easter concert favorite, but like the number one seed in the East for chunks of the season. Because Celtics, it is a true wobble. Yeah. It is a true, if there's a Richter scale, an Andy Richter scale, it would be registering right now. Totally. Um, wouldn't be quite Conan's show, but it would be the Andy Richter show, at least. That amount of movement. Um, so, yes. Well, I was going to say, <clears throat> I just wanted to um, shoot a stray at Alex Schiffer. Um, you know, it's my turn. It's, you know, it's my turn, Alex. I'm sorry I didn't have to do it to you. Um, I thought that this was really funny though. So for the bold predictions for in the athletics uh, story, <laughs> did you read this? No, this is my favorite. Is his <laughs> Alex Schiffer? This is the Nets are twenty and twelve um, win streak, seven games, um, steamrolling. You know, whatever lesser than competition. His his bold prediction is that Brooklyn Brooklyn wins a playoff series. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah I think it's not. That's, lacking boldness. It's, that is lacking. That is lacking boldness, Mike. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is um, the only thing it's lacking is boldness in that. Um, which I think it's um, it's that's it's, there's something to be said for that. Um, I don't know what your question was, but it felt relevant. Um, <laughs> to, so it felt pertinent to what you're no, saying. No, I don't really have a yeah. good question. I just want I wanted people to know as a newsman. I wanted people to know that once we once believed was like this impenetrable top oh. two is. It, there's some penetration. I remember why I brought this up. It's because, like, you know, it's sort of a we have we have, and I don't think this is wrong necessarily, but we've got short term memory for what happened last season. La- well, last season's first round sweep was a capital D debacle, Michael, of the, of the highest order, and so the beat writers, the local podcasters, i.e., you and me, um, you know, we're a little bit. We, we've got some PTSD from it. Okay, I think it's yes. fair to say. So now the bold predictions have been. Um, you know, chopped into into winning a playoff series, and it's currently a fourth seed. You know, I don't know who's in the fifth seed right now, but um, the 76ers or or well, and the Knicks are a game a game back in the standings from the 76ers, right? So, 
It's pretty uh, juicy. Actually, it's a 76ers matchup. We might not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We, we'll get out of that round. Um, but bring me the Knicks first round. My God, that's a fun one. Yeah, I don't think the Knicks are a- as hot as they've been. I don't know if they're as here to stay, but they, they have the ability to make a big move if they want to. Yeah. You know, and they, I, I think they probably will because there's going to be pressure on them to capitalize yeah. on whatever this success but is. But anyways, just to round that point up, um, there's a lot of people don't want to get get pulled into the same narratives they've been getting pulled into for the last two years. And there's going to be a lot of caution around this. You know, as we can win 15 games in a row and we're still going to be making KD and Kyrie jump through hula hoops of fire. That's just what's going to be. And that's, that's a direct effect of Sounds last like a year. Goo Goo Doll song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, you know, Oops, I, I want to believe, you know, I want to be there uh, and and just be, you know, back, you know, back in full cheerleader mode. But that's just not where my heart is right now. You know, that's where that's that actually is where my heart is. That's not where my brain is. Yeah. Well, in two games, if they win both of those games, I'm going to be you're going to be obnoxious. You got the pom poms out um, real quick. Let me do a Seth Curry thing. Let's do killer comparisons. Okay. So as long as I, I'm not obsessing about trades. I, I do think the guys who would get traded, we've talked about Kyrie. Like, I don't think as long as he doesn't do anything else um, that damages sort of his outside influence on the team, he will remain on this team because he's playing so well. And Kevin Durant calls him godlike in mm-hmm. terms of what he does on the court. I think Ben Simmons, I, I would not put it past the Nets to think about if there's a big deal that they can make and it's for a third piece that. Kyrie and KD, particularly KD, really love and respect whoever that would be. I mean, they do. You know, KD probably like loves Demar Derozan's game. I don't know, but he's not the guy that they need. But they, he probably does, right? Zach Levine could be a guy, and we talked about that. Joe Harris is obvious because he has that nineteen million dollars salary, twenty million dollars next. Although year. the shot last night was looking way, very wet, incredibly wet, the yeah. wettest I've seen in a long time from him. Yeah, and I think of all the shooters this team has, um, Joe is the cleanest of like, he's the best shooter bro, the best compliment to the stars of any of them. He's bigger than Seth Curry. He's a better shooter, consistent shooter than Royce O'Neal. Um, so I, I think I don't think it's impossible to see a Joe Harris trade, but he is a trade piece, but an unlikely one. And also, if we remember, Jacques Vaughn talked about him and said when Joe was wobbling – like we talked about on the Andy Richter scale, Jacques Vaughn essentially was like, Joe Harris is too good of a person not to start shooting better, which is a too, nice way to look at it. Too good of a person? That's literally, he's like too uh-huh. good of a person for him not to be uh, on this. Like, like God is going to reward not to get him. Better. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, the karma's there. Yeah. Um, I think the true trade, trade pieces, um, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, but I still don't think Patty Mills is going to move, uh, Ben Simmons and, and Joe Harris. I don't think Royce O'Neal... I think they like what I know a lot of people in Nets Nation don't don't like what Royce O'Neal does. I think they do because they play him a bunch of minutes. You know what's interesting? And I don't want to derail us too much, but I yeah. find there's this if you look into your eyes, Mike, there's this conflict because you love trade season more than basically anybody I've ever met. Like you love a trade and you like to chop up trades. Yep. And yep. I think when you really in your heart of hearts, you don't want to trade anybody right now. And that's there's like a there's conflict for you in that. It's like I am used to, to wanting to jettison a significant portion of any team that I follow and that's not happening right now. I'm just, I just wanted to snapshot yeah. what I'm looking at here. Yeah. Cause for years and years, I mean, I would obsess over the fact that like, could the nets trade for, I'm trying to think of some name like way back in the past who uh, like Reggie Jackson, could the nets get Reggie Jackson? <laughs> we, we definitely, we almost had him for Brooke Lopez. If you remember yeah. that there was like a, you know, midnight change of heart or something. And the funny thing is I never saw the D'Angelo Russell thing happening. I don't no, think that – that was never rumored that. in terms of – but I think Seth Curry is the name everyone should be watching to see if he gets traded because he's on the last year of his deal. He makes $8.5 million, which is like very easy for any team to figure out a deal to send him to. He's playing a bit inconsistent minutes. If you look at what he's done in terms of the last few games, he played 18 against the Warriors, but he played 9 against Detroit. Six against Toronto, the twenty-one against the Wizards. Before that, he was playing more consistently, but it's been a little, little shaky. Before after then, the Nets have a lot of options at that wing guard shooter, bro. Talk about Joe Harris, Patty Mills, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris. I say Joe Harris. Um, T.J. Warren is not a shooter, bro, but he's a scorer, bro, from the wing. 
that will become increasingly utilized throughout the season. If I'm also Seth Curry, I kind of want to get traded if I'm not getting consistent minutes because this is his last time to get a legit contract. He is 32 years old. Mm. He he was like a G League guy to start out his career. He didn't, you know, he didn't like make a ton of money. He always kind of bounced around. Um, he was on, I think, five different teams to start his career. Um, There's one year he didn't play. Then he was in Portland and Dallas and Philly, and then so he, he's never been this guy who got the twenty million dollar contract, whatever it is. This is the last time that he's probably going to get like a multi year contract before he turns into the one year deal mm-hmm. like specialist. Um, you know, if I'm him, I'm a little bit like. I want to get consistent minutes because I got to prove my value. And if I'm not getting consistent minutes in Brooklyn, it hurts my long term, my chance of getting a big contract. And I don't know if Seth Curry's like that, but mm. why would you not be? Why would you like, you know? I think he's still kind of a known quantity. I don't know. I think, um, I mean, this is total conjecture, but um, he seems to be the kind of person that. Um, I don't know. Is he motivated by like playing lots of meaningful minutes? I, I don't really know what motivates Seth Curry. He just, he seems fine to me. He seems like a completely comfortable in his own skin, no matter what happens kind of person. Just Zen really, truly Zen. I know, but I, I do think he is having by far his worst year just in terms of minutes and role. And, you know, it, it, like statistically, he's not far off his career averages. It's just that he's not getting as many minutes or as much shots off within his time as he usually is and guys typically pretty much across the NBA if you're entering a contract year and you're not being utilized to your maximum abilities well it makes you less valuable in the open market yeah and I think he is valuable so like what's interesting about him is that there are probably a lot of contenders who would love to have a Seth Curry Um, so he becomes more valuable in a trade almost than what he can represent on your team I think he's great I'd love to keep him I love to have him as almost like an. It's not even as an insurance policy because he's still getting minutes, but I love the insurance policy aspect of Seth Curry. Yeah. Um, well, the role players are in a weird spot because everyone's so healthy right now, and you know usually there's kind of like eras of role players, and uh, right now the era is just total abundance. Our, our cup runneth over, Mike. Um, and so it's and the Jacques Vaughn's like policy appears to be just like play a very deep rotation every night, um, not really have any like um, consistency with regards to of the role players, who's going to get minutes or not, except for that Markeith Morris is the last guy. Off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one who's in the doghouse um, and, and Patty Mills to some extent. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, other than that, everyone's kind of sharing this like equal amount of minutes that, 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 that kind of like 15 to Bes- well, besides Kevin Durant. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. obviously yeah. it's uh, heavy at the ends, but um, anyways, so um, I don't know yeah, what yeah, the yeah. point of that is, but but, but yeah, I, I would just keep an eye on if the Nets are going to make a trade. I, Joe Harris is more embedded in the fabric of the team. I would look at, okay, what, what could the Nets get with Seth Curry's salary slot? And you go from there. Just turning. Okay, should we go to killer comparisons? Damn, that thing has aged well. It's a little tinny, a little tinny. Mike, we're doing a killer comparison. How long has it been <clears throat> since our last killer comparison? I, I don't even know the last time. It's been you, I mean, years. It, it's got to be. I'm sure we did one in the off season, But not, not with and, a full drop and everything. Not with a full drop. It's yeah. been a long time. since. Anyways, we're going to compare things in the NBA to Christmas movies, Mike. A classic killer comparison ah, premise. Classic. Just yeah. real low-hanging fruit. of the time. <laughs> before. Yes. But um, you called me. You wanted a killer comparison. You pitched the idea. And I, and I gave it a big green check. And, we, and here the, we are. The board looked it over. <laughs> yeah. They considered all the options, and they, they went with my yeah. proposal. I'm so um, excited. Mike, Home Alone. Yes. The Christmas film. Yes. What does it remind you of? So for that, I have Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Ah. Uh, one, a, a fair-haired boy in the middle of it, a cherub, like we talk about, Luka and Macaulay Culkin. Uh, Luka's essentially left alone in the house to fend for himself. Uh, the way he plays, there's booby traps. Lots of booby traps. Everywhere, all, all over the place. And, and all Luka wants to do, all he wants to do is get to 
his version of Christmas with his family, which is to win a championship. But the, he is constantly he's by himself defending this territory. And like with the like that's all the, the Mavericks, he is just <clears throat> we love Spencer Dinwiddie. But he's playing with like Spencer and Dwight Powell got hurt. Mm. Um the, the team is not good enough around Luca. He is Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone. That is his. I've probably told this story on this podcast, but um, just as a reminder, since we haven't done killer comparison so long, I got very inspired by Home Alone. It was setting up a lot of booby traps around the house. One actually very effective one that I did was I tied fishing string um, across the uh, like banisters on the outside porch at about shin. Oh my, shin. <laughs> my dad was carrying a TV outside and ch- <laughs> <laughs> and tripped over and smashed it, and uh, and people how? were angry. People were yeah, angry. <laughs> how angry? People were pretty pretty angry at me, Mike, for that one. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of that kind of stuff, but that that shut it that shut it down. Um, just because we're talking about like a tube TV, like a yeah, it was a cathode a, ray, yeah, like the old yeah. fashioned weighed an absolute five hundred pounds or something. It's one of those things. Um, next up is I, I went for Gremlins, like Gremlins. Is Gremlins a Christmas movie? It definitely is. It is a Christmas yeah, it's movie. A Christmas movie. Um, so, and I have okay. I have one <laughs> that have? I've thought of. I don't. If you want to think of one on the spot, um, I went with the Knicks. Just broadly speaking, the Knicks because <laughs> a like the people that are like like doing well are like named Quentin Grimes. You know, which is already it's like a it's a Gremlin name or like maybe like a Dickens sure. novel name or something. Anyways, villainous. And I still do believe at midnight or whatever it is, there's some kind of maybe get water on them or something like that. They're going to turn back into the, the fluffy things. All right. They're not going to stay gremlins forever. Right. Yes. They got good and they are the most fugazi of the like win streaky teams right now. Okay. That's my opinion. I, I kind of think of the Memphis Grizzlies only for the fact that they're this young collection of like, like uh, talented players who maybe have, are got a little too a little too big for their britches, but I mean, they're like the number one team in the West, I think right now. So mm. that's even a little bit of a fallacy on my part. Yeah. But, um, and also Desmond Bain, he kind of looks like, you know, his arm length makes me think of a gremlin because they have such a tiny wingspan and Desmond Bain famously has a negative wins, win, wingspan, mm-hmm. uh, which is why he got drafted so low. So just from pure aesthetics, Desmond Bain, and also like John Morant, uh, Gremlin esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go, I go Memphis Grizzlies. I like it uh, I like for it. that. Uh, next up, I have the Santa Claus, Tim Allen spectacular film. <laughs> um, and for this, <laughs> I went uh, with Zion, not because of the body shape or anything like that. I didn't do that, but because <laughs> why am I gaining weight? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but because you know, part of it is that he you know realizes his magic, his inner magic, you know, over the course of time. And um, sure. I don't know if you've looked at his numbers right now, but Zion is, um, I'm, I'm Zion pilled right now. Like it is, oh, he, yeah. it is, it is having what he's shooting like 63% on 29 points per game. Something like that. Something obscene like that um, in the last 10 games. Um, so it's, it's happening. He's becoming a Christmas miracle. So like, like this too, I mean, a reluctant hero is a common archetype, but like Tim Allen was a reluctant uh, Santa Claus. So I'm trying to think of like who's been thrust into a situation that they really ultimately didn't want to. And I think of Rudy Gobert. Mm. Mm. He was he was thrust in the Timberwolves to be like the guy who elevates them from a fringe playoff team to a real contender. And it's not that he doesn't want to, but he ain't that guy. Yeah. You know, he he's not he was not prepared to be Santa Claus. And just like Tim Allen needed some adjustment, Rudy Gobert needs some adjustment. I don't know if it's if it's going to happen, if yeah. he's going to fully fit fit the suit. Um, but I go Rudy Gobert nice. and the Minnesota Timberwolves. The next one is Die Hard, Mike. I'm going to go with Die Hard. We both have the same answer for this, I think. But I also want to say that, like, guys, we can the, – the whole, like, the conversation of, like, is Die Hard – like there's a certain kind of guy that wants to have the conversation about is Die Hard a Christmas movie like all the time. <laughs> they like to have it every year. I don't know I don't why. It. It's nobody cares either way, and I guess it's a Christmas movie. But there's that's still like there's you know people on Facebook who are like guys, and don't forget Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> right. Okay, we got it, buddy. Um, it. So yeah. I we pitched this in the pre-production meeting, four hour long meeting, um, and I think we both decided that it was James Harden, Mike. And if you wanted to explain why. 
Well, I think it was your idea. It was my so idea. Well, it's, it. And it's pretty okay. simple. It's just because Bruce Willis's character steps on glass. <laughs> that was my only explanation. And so he has a lower body, lower extremity injury throughout <laughs> the, almost the entire movie. Um, it's a little bit of a weak link. It's a weak <clears throat> It is a weak link. That's kind of why I like it so much. You know, it's just sometimes the weakest links are the most fun for me. Um, I, if you want to have a more I, serious I, version of that, you know, well, by all no, means. I think... I think Jimmy Jimmy Butler's the most like John McClane of any sure. NBA player. Sure. Because again, it's like these son these SOBs, they don't know what they're doing here. I gotta clean up the mess. I gotta go in. I'm gonna yeah. do it by myself. You know what's really crazy is that he had dreadlocks, uh, like really long dreadlocks all of a sudden, then none. I don't know. Do we did anyone ever well, talk about that? I thought was that I don't know. Was I don't that a know joke? Was that a meme? No, yeah, I thought it was a joke. Like I thought he Anyways, anytime I pull up the ESPN fantasy thing and I just see him with giant <laughs> like red dreadlocks, it looks like a joke, but I, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, if it's real. Um, are they extensions? Says, were they real? Yeah. You're he had them. Um, I don't really care. Yeah, what? You know, look it, it up. Happened. I want it. I it's the real, right? Uh, How's that possible? I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. I don't know. You, you could do the research yourself. You know, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> I'm happy for him. Okay, what's the next movie up? You seem straight up angry about this. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go Love Actually, Mike. Love Actually. My God, classic. Um, So I have an answer for this. You're probably an anti-Love Actually guy, aren't you? I don't mind Love Actually. I think it's, I mean, all those like English sort of, and also this is not a Christmas movie, but it is sort of adjacent to Holiday. I find it fascinating just for a lot of reasons. And I'm going to get into it actually. dovetails nicely into my answer because I think of Love Actually as a not very dramatic, there's not a whole lot of, conflict in the film it's a lot of these little you know sort of vignettes where minor bits of conflict sometimes no conflict happens at all they get instantly resolved um but there is kind of an ethically dubious undertone to a lot of the resolutions you know we have like the prime minister you know dating a secretary sexually assaulting his assistant yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's a power dynamic thing there that's a little bit you know all right 2023 standards we we have a different and then there's also like uh, the January Jones arc thing where like some guy just goes to a ski chateau and there's just this like, you know, pretty, well, you know, he just goes to a bar in Minnesota in like Milwaukee. Yeah, or Milwaukee. Anyways, there's a lot of like weird, um, you know, sort of ethically dubious things going on in the film. And that's why I chose the bucks because <laughs> on their face, <laughs> it is a team with no conflict, just a romp, you know, a romp, a good time, but just beneath the surface, there's just a lot of bad, not not ethically bad in in the way that Love Actually is ethically bad. I don't want to don't want to start those rumors. I'm just saying that they they injure players, they play they play dirty, and I don't like what they do and how they win games. And so they're to me they're Love Actually. I just go for the Alan Rickman Emma. I think it's Emma Thompson uh, relationship, right? With with Alan Rickman's assistant being the woman from Star Trek new next generation or whatever mm-hmm. yeah um it, his i was thinking trying to do the alan rickman voice but i just i could not do it i want justice. you to try so bad but it, it's sort of like the atlanta hawks and just like i feel like john collins again we talk about john collins, he's just been in trade rumors constantly and it's i know travis schlenk has recently uh, essentially moved into an advisor role with the hawks and landry fields is running um the team now, which happened just yesterday, but it's sort of like he, the Hawks continually get caught trying to trade John Collins. It's almost like Brooke Lopez back with the nets. You know, it's mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez was in trade rumors for years and he's like, Oh yeah, I am such an idiot. Oh, <laughs> that's why Alan Herkman this is very nasally. Oh no. Oh, I am a classic fool. Um, so it's really any, it can, can apply to any NBA situation. Yeah. Maybe the best is probably like when Kyrie was with the Cavs and LeBron wanted to trade him for Paul George and Kyrie found out about it and was mm-hmm. like, actually, I'm going to get traded to the Celtics because I am not, I am not trade fodder for you. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Alan Rickman. Um, yes. Nice big, big love actually fan as you i could tell not um it's a wonderful life the frank capra classic starring jimmy stewart mike we're going on the black and white days um i've got an answer <laughs> well hold hold on a minute <laughs> oh no, you got wait, a jimmy stewart no that's that's a jimmy that? stewart. okay a little bit yeah um, um i've never seen it oh well it's a it's a moral tale about a guy who's about <laughs> to delete himself it's, and then he um it's the 
Christmas past one or no? Kind of. I mean, it's, it's just past? one. It's just one ghost the whole time. It's an angel, and he needs to get his wings oh. by helping him to see what would have happened if he wasn't around. Or Does something. Alan Rickman play the angel? Basically, may as oh, well. Oh, me. <laughs> so I went with Jimmy. Kevin Durant here, and it's because Kevin Durant st- stared into the abyss, the abyss this last uh, this off season, wanted to delete himself off this team. All right, and now. Look at how great things are, okay? He saw into the into a window of what this team would have looked like without him, and now everybody is loving wow. each other. What do you think, Mike? Is that the Christmas? That's really good. Thank you. That was I felt and, I left it for last because I thought it was worthy of coming last. And isn't isn't like it's a wonderful life is sort of it's a the title itself is like kind of playing with like what the actual movie is, right? Because he obviously he wanted to kill himself, right? Isn't yeah, it's a little bit of like uh, count your blessings. You know, it's like yeah. you know, you, you got it okay, all right. You got it fine. It's it's a wonderful life. Well, just hold on a minute. There. I think I'm summarizing hey, that maybe. Just so, uh, when are you? Hey, when you, are wait, you crazy? You just a minute. When are you crazy? Fa- Frank Capra stands can come address my my summary on Twitter. Um, there's so many of them. Like they're crazy. They're coming out of the woodwork this time no, of year. I, I'm just trying to read the plot so real. Uh, on uh, Wikipedia, and there's some some fun stuff in there. Is I there? should watch the movie. I don't know. Yeah, um, you'd like it, Mike. It's it's definitely like a dad a dad movie for sure. Okay, what is a couple that? couple is of that? tall IPAs, and then it's a wonderful life by yourself, and you're gonna appreciate. <laughs> yeah, how yeah. deeply am I gonna cry? Um, I love your answer. I think it's because it, it, it what you do is you. It's someone who sees what their life, right? Yeah. How they need to change their life. Change and their Kevin Durant seems happy. Seems right fine now. to me. Seems fine. He's jumping their hula hoops of fire right now, Mike. Sounds like a ball. Get us out of here. It's the holidays. We got to go drink some eggnog, dog. Hey, hey. Um, just thank you for everyone who listens to this show. Oh. You are, jeez, you're getting you are our gift. Oh my god. Um, we appreciate you. Wow, where'd this I come love from? you. I don't know if Brian does. Oh my god. No. No, I uh, thank you. I know the, you know you you spend a lot of time your, in our week to listen to this show, and I just appreciate everyone who does so. Likewise, it's a nice sentiment. I and I think they know. If, and if you guys really want to feel the love, come to discordgg slash guys, <laughs> and I will personally kiss you on the top of your head. Um, Little Women is a Christmas movie. Not really. Yeah, again, I see it. Christmas happens. Okay. Yeah, Christmas happens. That's how I would say. Christmas um, happens. Christmas happens. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we will be back in your ears next week. Probably do a show on Tuesday after that Cavs game. We'll have a lot to discuss. I like it. So it'll be very exciting. Love it. See you guys. We're out of here.